Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the 12th episode of the Ben Tormers podcast brought to you by Sully, Jake, and Adam. In today's episode, we welcome Brandon Scoop B. Robinson, host of Scoop B Radio, writer for B-Ball Society, and has seen has been seen on CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ESPN, and NBA TV. Today, we discuss tons of NBA news with Scoop. This episode of the Ben Tormers podcast is brought to you by Jersey Cave for your NBA apparel. Use discount code JERSEYCAVE, one word, for 15% off. Hope you enjoy the episode. All right. Uh, we have Scoop on today. How you doing, Scoop? Man, I'm enjoying life. How are you? Good. So, Scoop, what do you think about D-Rose's game last night? Huge. You got 50 ways I can count how happy I am. Um, <laughs> you a big uh, Timberwolves supporter? Um, I would say I'm or a you big D-Rose guy. What I what I will say is, um, you pull for anyone uh, who has defied all odds. Uh, myself, I I tore my ACL a few years ago, and I know what it takes to, you know, recover from that and and, and resume normal life. And more than anything, I mean, isn't that what America's for? A second chance, an opportunity to prove yourself, uh, an opportunity to uh, to 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 come and make things happen with all. That's been going around with whether Jimmy Butler will stay or go, uh, what, what, the, the relationship between he and Carl Towns, uh, as well as just the future of that organization. Uh, Derrick Rose is a story that nobody could have seen come. Um, one person who did see it coming uh, was Kevin Garnett, who told me uh, a couple months ago uh, that he felt that Derrick Rose was a starter. Uh, he had as much support from the NBA. Uh, Tim Walker told me he's a fan of. Derrick Rose, uh, Jamal Crawford, a former teammate last year with uh, Derrick with the Minnesota Timberwolves, is one of his closest friends, and it's, it's, it's pleased to see uh, the progression of Derrick Rose. And I mean, since the season started, he's been playing lights out. Uh, he's had good games, but to just see that come to fruition last night, Utah, by no stretch of the imagination, is a chump team, and, and uh, he's the care business. Uh, you, you're pleased to see an underdog story. One of you goes to for Sinus University, close to the city of Philadelphia. That's as rock up, Rocky Bow Bowl as it can get, man. Uh, buying a lot and making things happen. 
Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the first time I've heard D Rose's name come up this season. Um, I mean, just incredible story. Uh, even after I watched the post game press conference, man, after the game, D Rose emotional. I just thought it was amazing. That's why everyone loves sports. I mean, personally, I'm just waiting for him to shave off his head and get back to what he was a few years ago. That's all I'm waiting for. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. process. I, I definitely think uh, Derek Rose, I mean, he did an interview with Dennis Scott recently and said that uh, when you look at that initial injury uh, that he had uh, when he initially tore his ACL, he didn't have to hop step. And, and one thing that uh, is seemingly obvious is he's taking his time. He's taking carefully uh, crafted steps. Um, you know, I talked to Jabari Parker. I was out in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, and Jabari told me that you know he still considers Rose. And he said his top fifty of point guards in the NBA. That's a bevy of point guards, but um, you know he, he talked about how much he looked up to Derrick Rose. Said that he chose Simeon uh, Academy uh, to go to school there on on Chicago South Side because of Derrick Rose. And uh, I think more than anything, I I had this conversation with someone recently. Uh, They look at Derrick Rose as this generation's Allen Iverson, uh, just has their support of his teammates. Everybody was tweeting about how pleased they were that he was doing so well and and, and scored 50 points, a career high, no less. And um, I I definitely am pleased with him. And, you know, I spoke to a couple people in the Minnesota area, actually by phone today, uh, fellow colleagues, and we both agreed, uh, one person in particular, that, He's working on his next contract. He's in a similar situation in 2019 as someone like Boogie Cousins is. Uh, and even uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard, you, you're really looking to secure the bag, as DJ Khaled would say. And, uh, you know, 2019 really looked to uh, solidify some sort of, of, of uh, prosperous financial payday uh, next summer. Yeah. What do, what do you see from him going forward this season? Um, what do you see him doing with the Timberwolves? Does he start? Um, does he average what he's averaging now, which is 18 points per game? What do you see coming out of this? Well, let Kevin Garnett tell it the way he told me. He's a starter. You don't lose uh, any of the, the knowledge that you have. You know, he's he's a speedy point guard. I just want to see him stay healthy uh, throughout the course of a whole season. I don't miss wish. I don't wish anything bad on him. Um, but I will use this example. Uh, if you look at a few years ago uh, when Jeremy Lin. Uh, I remember the Knicks signed with the Knicks and the whole insanity thing started. There there was no tape. There was no blueprint. There was no game uh, preparation or strategy uh, to to kind of uh, figure out what or how uh, you you defend uh, Jeremy Lin. Uh, In this instance, when you score 50 points a game, uh, teams are now looking at you. You are uh, to, to, to steal a Phrasing from the song of uh, the, the the one and only Puff Daddy, you are public enemy number one, <laughs> one, one, one. And I think when you look at that situation with them going forward, uh, there are going to be teams that are going to pinpoint you know, how we guard him, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the one thing that's very interesting about Derrick Rose is not just his scoring. I mean, everybody thinks he's just a one-dimensional player. Uh, on the court, uh, he plays very well with Carl Anthony Towns. If I'm not mistaken... Carl uh, Anthony Towns either scored 28 or 30 points. I was looking at the stat sheet last night. Uh, that gets lost in translation because Derrick Rose scored 50 uh, points in that game. Uh, he and Rose played very well together, Carl Anthony Towns. And, um, yeah. you know, Carl told me a couple months ago, he said, you know, uh, Derrick Rose is the, the perfect teammate. 
He's a great teammate. He's a good person, and he really admires uh, his ability to to return from injury against all odds. But you know, Derrick Rose playing well this season really begins, uh, be, or rather, began uh, in, in the playoffs in that series against the Houston Rockets. Surely, the Houston Rockets were a, a potential NBA Finals uh, uh, apparent. Uh, they were one game away from making it to the NBA Finals, lost to the Golden State Warriors, but uh, he really played his tail off. And uh, I think that the regular season this season is a carryover from that. What do you guys think? Man, I think he definitely deserves to be a starter in my eyes, um, the way he's been playing. Uh, I feel like he's just got that hot hand, you know, and when someone's hot, you got to put them on the court. And I feel like right now, Derek Rose has 100% earned a starting spot in my eyes. Yeah, and you said he plays really well with Carl Anthony Towns. And in the post-game conference, when he was talking, he said this is the most he's ever talked in any game with any team. Like, he talks on defense and he talks on offense. He's, like, the leader of that team. And he's he's won MVP. Like, he's the youngest player ever to win MVP. And he said he's spoken more this year than he ever has in his career. So that just goes to show that he is, obviously, he's fighting injuries, but he's also fighting a mental battle that he has with his body. And that... Him talking is such a good sign to show like he's a leader and he's he definitely needs to say the starter, I think. Because like you said, he played great with Carl Anthony Towns, who hasn't played great this year. So if you can get a lot out of him, that's what you want. Yeah, Sully, that's a great point, honestly. I was thinking about that too. I mean, just with all that's been going on with the Timberwolves and even all the reports around Jimmy Butler, it's great to see like a guy like D. Rose really not only step up his game, but step up the veteran leadership. And I think that's really going to help the team uh, in this time of struggle with Jimmy Butler, where you don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think so. Cause, and what also was cool was, obviously, Jimmy's played with Derrick Rose before. so And in the press conference, or he actually tweeted, I think it might have been Instagram or on Twitter, he said, like, uh, all of you guys are surprised by this, but I saw this coming, like, ever since I've been working with him, like, been playing with him since 2011 or whatever. Obviously, those guys are in the gym with Derrick Rose. And he said in the post-game interview on the court where he was crying and he was emotional. And he said, they were like, oh, how does this feel? And he's like, I just worked my ass off for this. Like, And no one knows how hard. Derrick Rose, obviously, three extremely, like, huge injuries. Two torn meniscus and an ACL. Like, he's probably worked harder than anyone in the NBA. And that's just, it's such a good story to see that he drops 50. And he's really just taking over that team as the leader. If I if I may, um, I had Jamal Crawford on the Scoopy Radio podcast. Um, for those who are tardy to the party, I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson, senior writer at Basketball Society and the host of the Scoopy Radio podcast. Two million streams last year. As of July of this year, 1.5 million streams. So if you're listening and these fine gentlemen, the educated gentlemen that are on the line with me now, I, your homework assignment for tonight is to subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast. Shameless plug there. <laughs> um, but one thing I, I'd, I'd like to implement or, or just at least state, uh, Jamal Crawford, former member of the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, now a member of the Phoenix Suns, said to me on the Scoopy Radio podcast this summer, uh, and quote, it was unbelievable for multiple reasons. Uh, speaking about Derrick Rose's playoff experience, he said, number one, he was already one of my favorite players ever, one of my favorite people ever, core biggest for a bigger star he's as genuine as anyone i've ever met so you root for a dude like that so before we ever played together i was already a fan of his he's one of my favorites and then to see him every day to see his talent to see his work ethic he's the perfect example of being in situations where people believe in you crawford went on to say that tom thibodeau believed in 
in him and gave him the opportunity when people were writing him off. Maybe he's not exactly the same as he was at 22, but he's still better than so many guards, uh, one out there, and he could show it. Playing in Minnesota and playing in the playoffs, he reminded people how good he is. Personally, I was just so happy, and I expect big things from him this year as well. So, uh, fellas, Jamal Crawford said this um, August on the Scoopy Radio podcast. Um, either he is a prophet in the Bible, he, he's a good pastor, <laughs> or um, maybe him and Stevie Wonder just saw something we didn't see. But uh, <laughs> it, 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 it is a remarkable story to see Jamal Crawford uh, really and truly um, speak volumes to what we're now seeing. Yeah. So, Scoop, from one Timberwolf to the next, Jimmy Butler, I'm from Philly. What are the chances the Sixers and Jimmy Butler kind of pan out? Well, uh, I reported uh, this afternoon uh, that... Uh, Scoop, be careful here. I'm a Heat fan. Listen, man. <laughs> I, I, I ain't scared of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say is this. Um, I'll start off by saying, if you guys paid attention to uh, my... my colleague over in Minnesota, Darren Wolfson. Uh, he actually interviewed Glenn Taylor today uh, about uh, the Jimmy Butler situation, among other things. And um, I want to pull it up, so bear with me. Um, but what I will say is, as I'm pulling that up, um, I, I did uh, state plainly where I think the running is uh, for Jimmy Butler uh, and which team would ultimately uh, get him in a trade. So um, I said in my reporting, which you can find on Twitter, you follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. Um, I said, I'm, I'm stalling a little bit. That's what I'm saying. All such stuff. But <laughs> what I, what I said, okay, so here we go. I said in a tweet this afternoon, uh, 5, 17 PM Eastern time. I said, Jimmy Butler standings currently after today's interview with T Wolves owner, Glenn Taylor, I have Philadelphia number one, uh, the Houston Rockets one, a. Uh, the Miami Heat, number two, the Los Angeles Clippers, number three, and the Milwaukee Bucks at four. Oh, I don't know. You think the four first-round picks the Rockets offered a little much, a little, not enough? Or well, I look at that situation two ways. Um, one, it could be a draft pick situation like um, the Brooklyn Nets and the uh, Los Celtics. Okay where they got a ton of picks over time. So that's like that's like winning the lottery. And instead of getting all the money at once, you get it over time. Yeah. Or you could get the picks all at once in one draft, and then you're looking like a jerk. So if you're looking at the Boston situation, it's great for Minnesota. But I also think Minnesota is building for both the now and for the next two, three years. Because you look at it, if I'm not mistaken, Carl signed a four- or five-year extension. So you yeah. figure that three years, you're going to really build with Carl. The fourth year, you're going to see a production. The fifth year, he could leave. You know, I've heard people say the Brooklyn Nets are a team that he's had his eye on. He grew up in New Jersey, out not too far from where the Barclays Center is, maybe an hour away from Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn. But, you know, to, to answer your question directly, um, if, I'm, if I'm Minnesota – um, that four picks is, is, is intriguing if, if it's done the right way. But if I'm Houston, I'm mortgaging my whole season on this year with a team that is either currently injured or just not the defensive cohesive unit that they were last season. That's a problem. And I think Houston's issue is really just the way that they handle things in the offseason. Number one, you got rid of your defensive cog and Trevor Ariza. Um, 
which I'm not mad at. Brothers, one year, 50, $15 million. I'm get what you what, get what you can. Listen, in the words of uh, Rihanna, pay me what you owe me. You know how to begin, bro. <laughs> oh, we got to talk about that, by the way. I saw a picture online. Yes. So to, to answer your question, you got rid of you got rid of Ariza, you got rid of Luke Richard Bamute, um, you got rid of Ryan Anderson, and so now you got to play catch up. I like Melo. I know Melo. Um, but Melo by himself is is not going to win it. You added scoring, uh, but you added Brandon Knight, and, and you've put a lot more pressure uh, defensively on Clint Capella, who at times put up Hakeem Olajuwon-type stats last season. Um, I think Hakeem put up a crazy stat in, like, 1984 on Valentine's Day. It was, like, 20 points, 20 rebounds, and something else he did. I, I reported on it over at Basketball Society. But, yeah, man, I, I'm saying all that to Sam Rambling. Um, Houston, their problem is the defensive issues and, um, and, and, and those hands. They like fighting. <laughs> 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 those are the issues there. I think that Jimmy Butler in Houston would make good sense because I think that he is an elite two-way player. I think people look at his exterior and think that he's just this bully. Nah, I think he plays hard. I think he plays hard. Both teams play hard. No, nah, and I think that, honestly, when you look at that situation with Jimmy Butler in Minnesota, um, when he came up to, to, to training camp during the preseason and, 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 and was winning with that third string, he's that toughness that they needed, but Man, could you imagine him on a Houston team with James, a healthy James Harden, a healthy Chris Paul? I think that writes every wrong and writes every ship from from what they got rid of in the summertime. That would be havoc. Uh, Adam, how are you feeling about Rockets' offer? All right, so the way I look at it is while I agree that if the – I think the only way that the Rockets win the championship this year is if they do have Jimmy, but not just that. They also have to have home court advantage. And right now, it's not looking too good for that. I know it's a little early in the season to be saying that. But the way I look at it is I'm looking at it in the eyes of uh, Tips. You know, I don't think he's envisioning himself staying there for the next five, six years. So we're looking at those picks, those first-rounders that the Rockets bring. We see the 2019 and the 2021 pick. Excuse me. Those picks don't really bring much value because the Rockets will be good in 2019 and 2021. They'll be late first rounders. Now, the real sweetener here is the 2023 and the 2025, I think it is, those two picks. Those two picks look attractive. But once again, is Tibbs thinking about staying there till 2023, 2025? Is he even going to be there? For somebody like Glenn Taylor, this might look attractive. You know, but there have been reports. People have been, you know, thinking, saying that he might consider a sale at some point. You know, he's getting too old to be running or owning the franchise as a total. And so you got to look at it like that. And then you add in the Eric Gordon part of the trade. While over the summer, this could have been a deal I think was definitely feasible. But the Rockets are one in five, and Eric Gordon's been playing. I don't know how that you know, helps his, that doesn't really help his trade value as much when they're on the bottom of the West. While I think that this is something that Minnesota should definitely explore. And I think that they definitely have, I don't know if it's the right deal for them considering Dibs, considering Glenn Taylor, considering how the Rockets are doing right now. I don't know. It's, it's, it's really interesting to think about, but uh, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know how this helps 
either team. I, I mean, I, you can clearly see how it helps the Rockets, but in the future, you don't know. And uh, and then the same point for the for the Wolves. You know, I think that what the Rockets are doing is great. I think the aggressive listen. We want a championship now. They're saying we we don't care about what happens down the line as of now. We want a championship. We were one Chris Paul injury away from a possible championship. Not a possible championship. championship. I mean, they're playing the Cavs, so a very probable championship. Well, well, nobody's disagreeing with you. They want to win the championship now, but at the same time, it's it's what the Rockets accept. I mean, it's what the Wolves accept. It's not what the Rockets offer. So, and and at this time, I don't. Can they offer more than what they already have? Not really. Lynn Taylor said today uh, with Minnesota uh, television reporter Darren Wolfson. He has a podcast over at ESPN fifteen hundred. Um, he said he doesn't even he does not believe that the best offer has even been made yet. Um, now, <laughs> you have said that people have wondered whether or not his age is a factor. Listen, I will tell you that Darren is one of the best in the business, and he said that Glenn Taylor is is very much um, reached out to him and wanted to have. A, they had about a twenty minute conversation on their show on the podcast. Ironically, it's called the Scoop Podcast. I have nothing to do with that production. <laughs> sense, but, um, but, <laughs> but I would say that um, Glenn Taylor it sounds about as, as youthful as he could be. It reminds me so much of the character played by Bob Euchre in the movie Rookie of the Year. I don't know if that's before your time. No, I've seen it. <laughs> that Henry Rowan Gardner is the man. He's the yeah. Twelve-year-old pitcher for the Chicago Cubs, but um, <laughs> you know, I remember that the scene Bob Buca was like, uh, he he opened a, a a box of Cracker Jacks and was so excited he got a decoder ring. <laughs> he got, but you know, the way that these young owners are, it's not like it's taxing. They're rich. They got money. They they're 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 owning a team that's a childhood game. Um, you know, there have been reports since 2015 that Glenn Taylor was going to sell that team, and I think that's part of the reason why um, Kevin Durant, or excuse me. Pardon me. Let me take a step back. Kevin Garnett uh, and Glenn Taylor. There's been it's been rumored issues that they've had because you know the belief was that you know Kevin Garnett was going to be part of an ownership um, group uh, with a few other people that would have you know allowed him to have that opportunity, but uh, that didn't that wasn't the case. Uh, it would be with Flip Saunders. That was the rumor for a few years. Um, but as it relates to the 20, 20, 2020, 2025, that's a long way away. That's like a man's nightmare, how long he may have to pay child support for his kid. But at the end of the day, um, the time is now. I think that the Timberwolves still do hold the upper hand because they still own the rights to uh, Jimmy Butler. I can tell you that the Los Angeles Clippers are an intriguing observation. I'm told by a source that you know if Jimmy Butler were to be traded to the Clippers, he'd, he'd ultimately sign. Uh, or resign rather with the Clippers off the bat, um, but you know the Miami thing is still an issue. I'm getting trolled like crazy by Twitter trolls. Uh, Miami that just they want to they want to uh, punk me into making that a reality. Listen, I'm not Glenn Taylor. I only report what I hear. And uh, you know Philadelphia, Houston uh, are are the option. And I also do think that you know Milwaukee Bucks are an intriguing option because they have some young talent. Um, that they can trade, and you know, I think Jimmy Butler would be an asset to the to the to the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, and and a young Giannis Antetokounmpo who's playing well. 
So you know, there's a lot of different options, but uh, Philadelphia and Houston are, are on the top of my list currently. Scoop, you mentioned it. You hit it right on the nose. I'm as a Heat fan, I see a lot of the things that you say to my people, my people, my the Heat Twitter. All right. <laughs> and I gotta say, the things you've been saying um, have got me a bit scared. All right. So what do you gotta say to those trolls that I see every day? Hi. <laughs> I, 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 I'm a Christian, and uh, you, you, as you, as you say, you say that I, I'm, I'm, um, <laughs> I am reminded of a verse in in, in Second Chronicles seven fourteen that says, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land." So I'm praying for them. <laughs> yes, sir. Life. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, Scoop, Scoop, I got a question for you. What's the okay, you're Jimmy Butler. Let's just say, mm-hmm. you sitting or you playing or what are you what are you doing? What do you, what do you think the good decision for Jimmy Butler is? I'm doing some of everything. I'm sitting. I'm playing. <laughs> I'm going into Derrick Rose's press conference. You know, he went into his press conference and yelled into the press room. You got fifty. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know that last night? Yeah, I saw oh, yeah. that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean I, I'll tell you that it's reported that he will play against the Warriors tomorrow. Who wouldn't want to play against the Warriors tomorrow? Um, well, if you're the Chicago Bulls, you wouldn't. But, you know, I think, <laughs> I think, I think at the end of the day, um, I think Jimmy Butler kind of has it made. You can sit when you want. You can play when you want. Rachel Nichols texts you. You give her a quote as to why you're not playing. And uh, he talks about his fictitious pet cat. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think um, I think he's in a good position. And I think you just ride the wave until, you know, you, you, you're traded, until they call your name. What do you guys think? I think he's been in a good position ever since he took those third stringers at practice and beat the you starters. You big <laughs> 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 honestly, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy's a competitor, but honestly, why? I, this is a serious question. Why doesn't he sit with the team on the bench? I know he's in the arena, but why doesn't he sit with the team? I don't know because you figure you look at Boogie Cousins. I mean, he did get ejected the other night at the Garden. <laughs> no surprise. Um, but and, and you know, I'll say something about uh, Boogie as well. Um, Boogie's one of the coolest dudes you'll ever talk to. Like, in an interview, he told me F. Stephen A. Smith. Uh, it was within reason. It was within a question specifically about <laughs> just the Lakers and the Warriors. But it, that was his response. He's very genuine. He's very candid. And I think in a world where there are all red M&Ms, he's that green M&M. And uh, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think I think you got to respect it. I think... You know, I think somebody like Jimmy Butler is somebody like uh, uh, DeMarcus Cousins would fit in a Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason, uh, uh, Rick Mahorn NBA in the 80s and the 90s. And I think uh, a lot of these guys today are just too clean and too, and they play it too safe. And I think that th- those um, those those changes just with a brand and understanding of brand, I think folks are just uh, are, 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 are unarmed. Uh, by their candor. And I yeah. think to answer your question about Jimmy Butler, I don't know. I just think that is, I do think that's interesting, but perhaps it has something to do with uh, the fact that he really doesn't get along with a lot of people on that bench. 
Yeah. You ever think about that? It's very possible. You know oh, what? Yeah. About Boogie, I always have respected, and I'm a Patriots fan, and this is something that Tom Brady always does. He'll take less money to make his team better. And that is something that the Warriors have done. It's taking less money. Kevin Durant, taking less money. Boogie, yeah, sure, I'll sign a $2.5 million contract, even though uh, I'm a top, debatably top five center in the NBA. I mean, I respect players who are willing to sign for less money to have a chance to win, because not a lot of players are like that. Boogie's situation was a little different. He didn't have any offers, yeah. right? Yeah, that's no, true. He didn't I have thought any. he had one for the Pelicans, though. He did, but they but they lowballed. They lowballed him because he's coming off that injury. Think about it. if he signs with the Warriors, he can take all the time he needs to rehab, come back whenever he feels completely ready because they're going to win without him regardless. Comes back, he has free reign to play his game, do it, put up the stats that he wants. Blah blah blah. They're going to win the championship. He's going to come off fresh after just half a season with good stats, and teams are going to offer him like he never got hurt, I bet. So. Demarcus Cousins has the chance to win a ring whether he plays or he doesn't. He is the, yeah. the epitome of having the option of either having sand at the beach or not bringing sand to the beach and still winning. <laughs> <laughs> so one of, the most, uh, one of the most interesting players in the NBA as far as his situation goes, at least in my eyes, is Anthony Davis. Um, Scoop, where do you think Anthony Davis is starting next season? Um, it, it's a, it's an interesting situation. Um, if you pay attention to news clips and just everything that's going on, uh, you saw Magic Johnson say some things during the Dodgers uh, Red Sox uh, game the other night. I think it was Saturday night. Just about another free agent. Uh, I got a text message and I reported. Uh, on Monday, like five o'clock in the morning Eastern time, uh, that the, you know the Lakers are looking to, to potentially uh, make a trade with the uh, New Orleans Pelicans to bring them in and, uh, and not wait for free agency. Uh, that's what my source is saying, uh, and it's still very early. What I can add is that uh, Chris Sheridan uh, reported last month uh, that the Boston Celtics uh, were a team of interest uh, for Anthony Davis. I mean, there's a lot of different. Uh, I like to use the word factoids. A lot of different factoids that are involved in that in that situation. I mean, he says he's loyal to uh, the Pelicans, um, so you, you want to hold him at his word. But then you know you look at the situation with um, him signing with Clutch, and which is Rich Paul's agency. Uh, he says there is no correlation between the two. Okay, so you take him at his word. Well, uh, Clutch, if you really look at it, was was really integral and um, really getting the ball moving with the Lakers even before LeBron got there uh, last season uh, with Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, uh, who basically uh, was on house arrest playing 14. That's the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> like, it makes me think of Jake Shuttlesworth uh, when he was playing on the basketball court and he got game with a bracelet on in the Jordan 13s. <laughs> um, I look at that situation with Kentavious Caldwell-Pope being a clutch agent or a clutch uh, player and you know, that conversation got the ball rolling. And, um, you know, so you, you just look at all of those different things, even with the Kevin Durant thing, the potential Lakers uh, pairing with him. Rob Palenka uh, has a relationship with Kevin Durant. Um, you just see so many factors with the Lakers. Um, I'm still on the fence. Uh, I, I'm 50-50 Pelicans. 50 Pelicans, 50% uh, 50 Lakers at some point. Um, but I, I do think it's just a great time uh, – to be a, a NBA fan, you know, you, you look at just 
basketball being played. But what I'll add in, in, in addendum to your question is this. I do think that the NBA is preparing themselves for another Lakers-Celtics uh, rivalry. And oh, um, I think you'll see that very soon. I think that's why Kyrie Irving, uh, if if what he says holds up uh, him resigning, because what how, the way he worded it was smooth as hell. He said, if you'll have me, that's like uh, – your girlfriend asking what are what are we and you tell her we are farmers you're together you know but i think what he said doesn't hold up in court but at the same time if he's loyal and he holds on to his word uh he'll remain there you have gordon hayward you have you know you have all those pieces that the celtics have a way to get anthony davis um they have draft picks so they have a lot of assets you see the lakers lebron coming in so i think there's definitely uh and and, and a concerted effort by both teams uh, maybe not intentionally, but it seems as though they're trying to bring that Lakers-Celtics rivalry back. Okay. Yeah, definitely something I can see. I mean, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if uh, Danny Ainge was looking at Kyrie trades at the deadline. Uh, I think Danny Ainge is the most unpredictable owner uh, basketball has seen in a while, or not an owner, a GM that basketball has seen in a while. And as a Celtics fan, I love it because I, I, I always am confident in his move. Yeah, he's kind of like he's kind of like the new coaches in the NFL. They're very dynamic and they bring like something that we haven't seen to the table. Danny is just kind of like that. He'll like take risks, but it's always like it's always moves that like other teams would never really make, but they usually pay off. He's really good at what he does. And it's just like dynamic. And I could I could see Kyrie being traded, but. I think that it's so hard to tell what I'm sure they know more about Kyrie's situation than everyone else does at this point, but it's so hard to to keep a superstar if you think they might leave. It's such like a hard scenario. I can't really remember the last time something like that's happened, but I wanna go back on everyone being linked to the Lakers, like Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant. Like anytime LeBron's on a team they're obviously and it's the Lakers too which is just another destination that people want to play for regardless they're always going to be linked to them is because they're the Lakers and it's LeBron James so you always have a chance at a championship with LeBron James and I know like Kyrie didn't really like playing with LeBron and there's people that don't really like playing LeBron because they get all like the blame for the losses but if you're a player like Anthony Davis you know you're one of the best players in the NBA I would think that he would want to play for LA just because he knows he has that chance at a championship and that's probably his best bet in the next, in the immediate future. Well, if I may interject for a second, the whole Kyrie and LeBron factor, uh, definitely. They had a very complex relationship. I think that I can tell you that the two of them have respect for each other. Uh, I think that towards the end, Many people, I think the two, well, I know the two of them did not want to make this a Kobe and Shaq part two. Um, and I think that they did a good job both of not uh, airing each other's dirty laundry out and, and showed mutual respect. Um, I will say that they both were two alpha males and they both showed or proved to each other that they were interested in winning and they both showed and proved um, that they could carry a team on their back. But I think the issue with Kyrie and LeBron was this. I'll never forget watching an interview where a reporter asked Kyrie if LeBron James was a father figure to Kyrie. And um, Dredrick Irving... Big is, mistake. Uh, 
and Rhetoric Irving is is Kyrie Irving's dad. You know, I, I know Big Irv. That's what I call him, Big Irv. Um, <laughs> and you know, Dread is a good dad. You know, raised Kyrie when his you know Kyrie's mother died when he was young. Uh, raised him. Uh, Dread grew up in the South Bronx, and Kyrie grew up in West Orange, New Jersey. So Kyrie was able to see the bo- the best of both worlds. Um, if you know anything about New York City, uh, the Eden Wall projects are in, th- in the South Bronx, and I know I've heard stories. It's, that's one of the worst housing uh, projects you could live in or be around in the Bronx. Uh, you avoid the Eden Wall with the plague. So if I ever catch you over there, the Eden Wall projects we're gonna fight. But anyway, uh, his dad used to take Kyrie uh, to the parks, and he would play against the, the, the local neighborhood kids in the Bronx. That made Kyrie tougher, a suburban kid who was able to play a street game and then still go back to the suburbs and play that game that that's kind of like you know making a love child of Kyrie or, or making a love child of Steph Curry and Allen Iverson in one you know that, that doesn't exist and um you know so in that instance I think sometimes the Cleveland media which is over hype and just dog Kyrie or he just was a different type of cat and I think the two of them just sometimes had a difference in philosophy I don't think they hated each other there's a mutual respect that they have for each other but um, I also think that that situation goes deeper. It goes deeper to Dan Gilbert, just how he is. And a lot of those guys on that team know how he is. And that's kind of why you're seeing the last of the Mohicans with J.R. Smith wanting out. And um, they won a championship in 2016. And uh, LeBron kept his promise to Cleveland. But I do think that people oversell and overhype the fact that Kyrie and LeBron didn't get along. And I can tell you that they may have had their internal issues, but the respect that Kyrie has for LeBron, he still has. And the same respect that LeBron has for Kyrie, he still has. No, yeah, I agree. All right. So let's talk uh, off the court now. Let's talk about this picture that actually you surfaced on uh, Twitter not too long ago. Yes. You, Rihanna. We won't tell Joel Embiid, but what's the story behind that? Um, that picture was from like two years ago. Uh, I was so the reason why I put it on Twitter was this: um, you know, people will question your credibility. People will question who you know, who you have sources. Really, I don't have that much time in the day to really just craft a lie. Um, I have a body of work. And so somebody took a picture of me on Twitter and then put it like next to the Grinch and said that I look like the Grinch. And I guess my smile for my profile picture, uh, my mama like it, so whatever. And uh, <laughs> I feel like, you know, somebody put a picture and said, uh, this is you. And I replied and said, you forgot this picture. And it was a picture sitting courtside with Rihanna. And then they said, you look nervous. I said, nah, this one. And it was a picture with me and her. We took a selfie and she had a mozzarella stick in her mouth. And <laughs> it was it was fun. Like, uh, uh, that's awesome. No, so so you know that that game was a was at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn a couple of years ago. Uh, it was a celebrity basketball game. Uh, Rock Nation had, and I was I was sitting courtside at the game uh, with her, and uh, it was a, it was an awesome moment. And I still see Rihanna at industry parties from time to time. Hugs, kisses, all love. How's the family? You know, she's a good person. I like her. Did you just happen? Uh, was that the first time you met her, or did you, was this planned? It was the first time she and I met, and we've seen each other at other events since, um, at parties, rock, you know, like Rock Nation parties at, at the at the uh, Forty Forty Club, um, of course. and uh, and 
I caught her at a fight. We were at a fight at the Madison Square Garden Theater. Um, and so we see each other from time to time. Hugs, kisses. You know, how you doing? How you doing? This whole up. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, so, Scoop, I had a question for you. What's um, so, there's been reports surfacing that Rick Pitino is looking to get back in the NBA. What are the chances that Rick Pitino is coaching next year in the NBA? Um, hmm. I mean, it's not the college game. I think that, you know, there's a respect that uh, Pitino has, you know, Coach Mark Jackson and, and, and Rod Strickland back in the day. But um, I think that that Patino thing is, is going to be a, a recurring theme. I mean, you, you looked at a report the other day uh, that the Cavaliers are looking to go younger or, or to find a coach uh, to replace Larry Drew, who's not an interim coach. I know that Avery Johnson has been a name that has surfaced. I know that, you know, Dan Gilbert has has had a thing for uh, Tom Izzo in the past. Um I'm not entering Rick Pitino's name, but I think a, a situation like where a team may be looking to go with a college coach uh, could be a situation that could work. Uh, I, I really am not tied to that whole Pitino thing. I, I have a couple of uh, reporter friends who know Rick Pitino and you know have kind of said that this doesn't surprise them. Uh, but I, I wonder how much of the stench of that whole FBI investigation will haunt him going I liked Rick Pitino when he was a head coach in Boston for a little while uh, but I really just don't have that much information on how serious he really is I know it was talked about I know Rose wrote a story about it I know he and Rick Pitino are friends but you know I wish him well I don't I don't I don't I don't hate on the brother but uh, yeah it'd just be interesting yeah that'll be interesting I mean what do you think of the whole Ty Ty Lue fire in Cleveland uh, they started out 0-6. I think, um, we know LeBron was the head coach of that team. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, LeBron. And that same thing's going to happen with Walton, honestly, too. I think, um, as I look at that, 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 that Cavs team with LeBron, it reminds me of one of my favorite movies, Next Friday. You guys know that movie, Next Friday? Of course. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike Epps. Uh, of course, uh, of course. The iconic picture. You yeah. kind of give. And uh, and next Friday, uh, Mike Epps talked about this bully named uh, Baby D. And he said, man, I hate Baby D. Baby D, she sells she sells weed, babysits, and does does hair at the same time. The cops don't know when to kick the door in. And that's 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 <laughs> who LeBron James was in Cleveland. He, he, he sold weed, babysit, and did hair at the same time in Cleveland. He was, <laughs> he was a coach, he was a player. And I think... You know, the one good thing about Tyron Lue is the fact that he is a Laker, a former Laker. So, you know, in that situation, there's a relationship there. They also, the Cavaliers, also got rid of uh, Damon Jones, you know, who has been LeBron's shooting coach. So it, and it begs the question, do you make the Cavaliers West? Uh, you know, and, and to answer your question about uh, Luke Walton, you know, I, I looked at that situation uh, with the Cavaliers. Uh, with Ty Lue and, you know, had they gotten, had, had Tyron Lue not been resigned, I, I have folks who have said that Mark Jackson was a serious candidate. We talk about the Clutch Agency. You know, uh, Mark Jackson is represented by Clutch. And uh, it was widely believed that Mark Jackson was going to come to Cleveland. So then it begs this question. Mark Jackson is a Los Angeles native. Or excuse me, let me take that back. He is from Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn, New York. He lives in Los Angeles. It begs the question. 
if Luke Walton doesn't work out, does Mark Jackson become the next head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers? There you have it. Interesting. That would be very interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. All right, so uh, Scoop, I've got real quick. I've got some uh, rapid fire questions with rapid fire answers. Okay. Okay, got you. All right, so <clears throat> which team gets blown up first, the Cavs or the Wizards? The Cavs. They already get blown up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of, I'm kind of feeling Wizards, but all right, all right. Who's the first next coach to get fired? Luke Walton. Interesting. All right. Okay. Next question. Are the Bucks for real? Yes. Okay. First first team that enters your head. Where does JR go? Damn. Um <laughs> It's a little hard. That's what she said. Um <laughs> Where does J.R. Smith go? The Nuggets. No, no, no. Oh. I think Sixers. No, you, you, you know what? Jared goes to a team that is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> They're neither good nor bad. That's that's the team Jared goes to. The Atlanta Hawks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So. Here's a, a longer question, but I I need to know because this has been on my mind for a little while. Okay. Shams or Woj? Because we've seen some conflicting reports the past few weeks, and I want to know what's real and what's not real. What do you think? So your question is who's real, Shams or, or Woj? Yeah. I know Woj. <laughs> um, I don't know Shams. I know people who know Shams. Okay. What I will say to you, and it's kind of something I've learned this summer. I know you told me to give you a shorter answer, but I, I want to tell you a, a, a bit of a story. In the book. Okay. No, that's okay. fine. Yeah, no problem. So um, over the summer, I had done a story and interviewed a player, and it was nearby my mom and my, and my stepdad's house. So when I was finished, I went to their house because I could use free Wi-Fi, get free food, and I didn't have to go all the way home. <laughs> and... You know, this summer has been a blessing. I've been able to break a lot of stories, uh, you know, reporting on Dwayne Wade and his return to Miami, LeBron going to the Lakers, and a myriad of other things. And I said to my mom, while we were sitting in the living room, I said, Ma, do you realize, I said, that the stories I'm breaking or the stories that I'm, the information that I'm giving uh, to the people is really stuff just off relationship, and I'm not even where, I, I'm not even who I'm supposed to be yet. It's great. And she said to me, she said, Brandon, well, if this is what you prepare for. This is what we, you know, invested in you. And, you know, remember to always keep God first. She said, it, she said to me, if you keep God first, everything will, 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 will come to you in your favor. She said, but you got to keep working. And the one thing that I learned this summer is a lot of times the things that Shams and Woj and any other reporter, not just, not just those two, a lot of times those stories are given to them and they're they're told or they're given the green light when they can make those things happen. So I'll give you an example. Uh, I reported last month about a player who signed a sneaker deal. It was a, it was a player who um, is not even on the Warriors anymore. I can't think of his name right now. It's evening time. I, I haven't had my afternoon coffee. But um, this player signed a deal with the, with the 
with the with the uh, with the sneaker company, and the company called me because I had a relationship with them, and we basically set up how I was going to write it, when I was going to report it, et cetera, et cetera. Point I'm making is these stories are are so prepared ahead of time. You put enough grunt work in, you build those relationships with players, you build those relationships with agents, you build those relationships with insiders, and um, sometimes. Agents and players will feed certain things to reporters to feed the engine to make other people go back and forth and fight, and then they get what they really want and give it to somebody else. I'll tell you that over the summer, I was with Carl Anthony Towns the day that he signed, um, or it was announced that he was going to sign his extension. I was with him early in the day. He said nothing to me about it, but Walsh reported it that night. So a lot of these times, these things are, are predetermined, they're embargoed, etc. There's many times that certain things are shot to me and I can say yay or nay if I want it. I give you an example. Um, Tom Brady and, and, and Michael Strahan have a new podcast that's being hosted by I think the guy who produced the Shut Up and Dribble uh, uh, documentary. Uh, and and the PR agency reached out to me and they wanted me to release it. And there were certain things that I asked for that they couldn't give me and I passed on it. So people are shopping these things all the time to you and you figure what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Um, I know that Shams' story is great because Shams uh, was able to, uh, along the way, did stuff with Real GM uh, and did some other things with people. And I know he had certain relationships with you know, Manu Ginobili, Dwayne Wade, and more. And then at some point, he was under the mentorship of Woj. And then you know he went about his business. You know Woj took over the game. Uh, I actually crossed paths with Woj. Uh, Woj covered the Nets for the for the Bergen record uh, when they were in New Jersey. I did the Nets. Uh, as I had a radio show with the Nets when I was a kid called Nets Slam the Planet in 97. And, uh, you know, we crossed paths. Chris Broussard was covering the Nets at the time. Stephen A. Smith was covering uh, the 76ers back then uh, for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And so over time, Woj developed all these source lists and, you know, remained cool with a lot of these people. And a lot of times, from what I understand from people I speak to, Woj promises people certain things if you look out for him on this end. He'll help you on the back end. And some of those same things that Woj, you know, has done, he's, he's taught to Shams. So there's a whole process with it. And um, the key to the game is just working hard regardless. I don't want to bore you, but those are the things that I've learned along the way. And those are the things I've observed. And those are the things that I know. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Scoop, last question of the day. So I see that a lot of analysts or reporters like you um, – a lot of them don't respond to people on Twitter. Where, when and how do you make the decision to respond to people, like give trolls time on Twitter and stuff like that? Is that something that you enjoy to do? That's a weird question. No, no I, just, I know it's interesting because like a lot of reporters just ignore people that reply to them on Twitter, but I see that you are very active towards people that are tweeting at you. So something that I'm interested in getting into the field that you're sort of in. So I just want to like know how much – Like, I just want to know – why you give them their time? Why you think it's important? Well, before I answer that question, do you think it makes me like a loser? Makes me look like a loser that I respond to trolls? No, no, no. I think it's good that you are having interaction with people. That's personally the route I would take. I would most likely respond to most people, but I just think uh, people. I don't know. Reporters seem to think that they're above other people, but even though sometimes people on Twitter are giving you really good opinions, so it's just interesting to some people that just totally ignore them. Okay. So I want to address one thing about reporters. Um, I've always been the type of person growing up. I've always gotten along 
with athletes more than I did my reporter peers. I played a little bit when I was younger. I wasn't necessarily as good as my peers, but I've always had good relationships. I went to prep school with athletes. Um, I had my start as a kid. And so for me, I understand how athletes think. I'm also 6'5", and I'm black, so I have an advantage. Um, that being said, why do I respond? Because um, I'm a smartass. Um, <laughs> I think that um, my mother hates it. Like, she'll look at certain things and she'll be like, she'll look at my Twitter and be like, why did you say that? Uh, and certain friends will be like, don't respond. Um, but sometimes, you know, it's not what they call you, it's what you answer to. I grew up always hearing. But sometimes people say things, it's like, yo, are you serious? Like, I- I'll give you a perfect example. Um, somebody was taught, like, I don't know what it is, but they love to screenshot my AV. I mean, I know I'm sexy and all, but like, <laughs> So like they said something to me and made fun of me and said I look like something and the person had a had a picture of like a dog like remember when the Eagles had the dog bass yeah yeah underdog yeah somebody like said I look like something and then my response was so since you have a dog as your face does that make you a bitch <laughs> <laughs> and like everybody thought that was funny but. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like you like you consistently just say things like certain people feed off of someone who has a blue check responding i'm not built like a lot of my reporter peers see i have brothers and sisters i have aunts i have uncles i grew up in both northern new jersey and new york city so i'm used to playing as we call it the dozens your mama um you know i, I the funniest mo- your mama joke i ever heard was you know your mom she stuck her eyes up her ass and she still couldn't see shit (laughs) and to me I come from the school of like I talked about Draymond I talked about you know um, I talked about uh, Jimmy Butler I talked about you know those guys who would have who would have hung out with the Oakleys and the and the and the Anthony Masons of the world I knew Anthony Mason and Anthony Mason was no punk you know, I, I covered Oakley when I was a kid. You know, I had that advantage. And I just think a lot of the people, they say things and don't respect somebody with a blue check to respond. You know, so I, I feel like it's good for conversation. You know, this Houston Rockets trade, potential Houston Rockets and, and you know, Minnesota Timberwolves trade. I've been tweeting about that since the end of September. It's still a conversation in November um, from a basketball perspective. And then the insults here and there. You know, Twitter really is a big community of people. I, I use the church example. I grew up in the church. The church is nothing but an emergency room. You have certain people who, you know, are there for they're sick. They have the chicken pox in, in, the, in the hospital, for example. Comparatively to the hospital, the church is like a hospital. Um, you have people who are sick who have the chicken pox. You have people there who have a broken leg. Everybody's there for different reasons. The same thing with Twitter. Certain people are there to put out information. Certain people are there to, to make fun of people. And certain people are there just to, you know, ghost follow people. But... I'm going to give them a movie and they better stick to the script because I'm not playing with them. The scoop. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Gentlemen, anything, any way that I can be a help or an asset to you, I'm one call away. Hey, scoop. If you're ever, if you're ever in Miami, just make, make sure to hit me up. Um, I'm going to hold you to that, but just, you know, make sure you. Oh no, for sure. For sure. Coral Gables, Miami. We in there like swimwear. Scoop B radio. 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 